Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. The Missing Link will help you or your business connect with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Find them at tmlthemissinglink.com.au. Here is your host, Max Becker. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max, where today we're joined by SBS Sport Courtside 1v1 host and uh, sort of WNBL commentator and AFLW media person, Megan Husway. Welcome to the podcast, Megan, and it's an absolute privilege to have you on. How are you going? Oh, hi, Max. Thank you so much. Um, it's a privilege to be here. I um, am wrapped to be on your podcast, so thank you for having me. No worries. Now, you're a born and bred a country girl growing up in, I believe, Ballarat. What were your childhood years like and what was your involvement in sport like back then? Yes, so very proud to be from Ballarat. Um, when I was growing up, we had such a strong um, sporting city. So we had a lot of um, AFL stars from Ballarat at the time. Um, Mick Malthouse was coaching yeah. in the AFL. He's from Ballarat. Tony Lockett. Was, uh, mm-hmm. was breaking the record for the most goals ever kicked in the competition. And then we had um, Opal's basketballers, Robin Ma and Alison Cook, who mm-hmm. I really looked up to, um, female basketballers that were from Ballarat. And Steve Monaghetti, a runner, and yeah. Anthony Edwards, who was a rower. So um, we had lots of great sports people to look up to who were from our town. So what was like sort of school like for you as a kid? Um, I liked school. From about eight years old, I knew that I wanted to be a sports journalist. So I remember in grade three, we had an assignment where we had to record on a cassette tape, which is, you would never have known. Too young to know what that is. But we had to record a news report um, Mm -hmm. as if it was for the TV nightly news. And um, I still very clearly remember doing that. And that was really when I knew what I wanted to do. And, um, and that never changed through primary school or through high school. So how did you find, I guess, sort of managing doing um, VCE at school and writing um, for the Courier in the year of 2003? I love that you've done such meticulous research, Max. <laughs> um, well, I was so lucky to get that opportunity writing for my local paper, The Courier, when I was at school because mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. gave me hands-on experience that um, would be so crucial in my career sort of 18 months later. So yep. having the chance to, um, to learn how to interview people and I didn't just write about sport I did some um, music reviews on CDs and um, got to interview some musicians and yeah it was really cool I mean I was always probably more excited about doing that stuff rather than Mm -hmm. like homework. (laughs) Now you mentioned writing so what was that like for you um, to write like as a kid Um, and then what was like you sort of mainly passionate about writing um, you know at coming through? Yeah, um, I guess you're right. Like writing's always been um, the sort of foundation for me. So that's how I I started um, with that experience at school, which then helped me get a cadetship when I finished year 12. Um, I'm not sure how I would go now if I read some of those articles that probably (laughs) make me cringe a little bit. Um, But I love writing because a lot of time and thought can go into it and a lot of description Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that you can keep I think with 
television and radio is so immediate and podcasts Mm -hmm. are great too because you can keep them but I think with a lot of media that's live it comes and goes very quickly whereas I like that you can keep um, you know newspaper and magazine articles Mm -hmm. not just myself but I know you know people that are featured in those articles I know a lot of sports people who their families have made scrapbooks of all the articles (laughs) I think that's really special to be able to keep them um, so you touched on that um, cadetship um, at Wimmera Mail as a 17-year-old, like sort of coming out of year 12. How did that opportunity pop up for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, because I'd had that hands-on experience at the Courier, I didn't want to go to university. I just wanted mm-hmm. to get straight into it um, <laughs> and start straight away. So um, cadetships aren't as rare these days, but... Um, pretty much it's like an apprenticeship in the media. Mm-hmm. So they go yep. for about three years and you pretty much just get straight into it working and you learn and get training on the job. So um, I was applying for them during year 12 and, you know, I was a bit perplexed as to why I wasn't landing any of them, <laughs> which was because I hadn't finished school. Uh, <laughs> but I actually got this one in Horsham before I'd finished my VCE exams. Wow. So um, that was very exciting to sort of know that, my future in a way was beginning and a little bit secured before I'd even actually finished high school. Mm-hmm. So did you notice, um, I guess, any differences between working at the Courier and working at Wimmeramau? Absolutely. Um, when I wrote for the Courier, I wasn't in the office or in the newsroom because I was at school. So mm-hmm. I do remember in year 12, I had a really amazing experience where Carlton Footy Club came to Ballarat to do a pre-season camp and the courier asked me whether I could have time off school to help cover it which Mm -hmm. was the best thing ever Uh, (laughs) you know have a few days off school and follow Carlton around with school visits and um, different activities in the community and write about it so um, that was such an awesome experience and I remember being so flat when I had to go back to school. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I guess when I started at the Wimmera Mail Times, um, I finished school on the Friday and started my job on the Monday. So I was thrown straight in the mm-hmm. deep end, but it was the best thing because it meant I had to learn really quickly. Um, I see you've worked with News Corp for a solid 10 years. What was your role there um, sort of all about and why did you decide to stay for such a period of time? Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, So I got a job at what used to be Leader Newspapers and that Mm -hmm. um, was at its peak, there was around 32, 33 of the Leader Papers around Melbourne. So kind of um, one for, well, every area really. And (laughs) I wrote sport for 10 of those papers in the eastern suburbs. Um, And that was really the job that got me to Melbourne from Horsham. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I came to Melbourne, I didn't think that I'd stay there long because I was hoping to move on. Um, But I stayed there a lot longer than I would. Um, And I saw how local newspapers changed so much in that time, moving to digital and sadly leader newspapers, it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. anymore in a newspaper form. But it was a great experience for me um, and it allowed me to keep writing um, and to make contacts and relationships, which um, I left there nearly four years ago and I still have a lot of those <laughs> relationships today, just in different ways. Um, now, sort of after News Corp, you took on um, an amazing and exciting new opportunity um, at SEN, um, Sports Entertainment Network, obviously. Can you expand yeah. on this? 
Yeah, of course. Well, um, I was at SEN as a casual for about 10 years. So a lot of, mainly most of the time I was at SEN, I was still at leader. So yeah. I started working at SEN on my day off, which was on Friday. So mm-hmm. Mark Doran was hosting the afternoon show and I actually met him at the AFL Rising Star Award <laughs> in 2008 and went and had a chat to him and um and he gave me his business card and we caught up and had a coffee. So I used to then go on to his show um, every Friday. I'd come in and he used mm-hmm. to do the afternoon show and I'd help answer the phones and print things out and just yep. sort of help. I uh, used to help on the drive program. And then mm-hmm. I got into the newsroom and um, was actually the first female to read the Sports Central Bulletin. Yeah. And- um, yeah, I did. I produced the footy for a good couple of years, did a few grand wow. finals, um, and then it sort of became more reporting and the news reading um, for quite a while, which I really loved. And yeah, I loved my time at SEN and loved the people that I worked with. Some of the best people I've ever met, and um, yeah, hub for life. Can you take me through um, your very first day at SEN? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Max, it's a while ago. Um, <laughs> I remember, so the studio used to be in Swan Street in Richmond. And yeah. I remember getting there in the morning and waiting for the producer of the show, Mitch, who he's still at SEN today and he's a friend of mine. Um, and he came downstairs to get me. I was waiting in the reception area and there used to be two flights of stairs up to the studio area and on the walls were all the pictures of the talent, you know, that used yeah. to work at SEN. Yeah. And I remember walking up the stairs and, you know, looking at, um, you know, Tim Watson and Billy Brownless and Andy Marr <laughs> and Kevin Bartlett and um, the football commentary team and, yeah, just meeting everyone. And, and even though I'd been a journalist for a few years by then, um, I my experience wasn't in radio. So mm-hmm. I had to sort of start from the start. And as I said, that was, you know, answering phones, grabbing things. Doing a bit of work around sort of the set and things like that. Yeah, and that was really cool. Um, and I think that was the best thing that could have happened because when I did eventually move into on air and much of what I do today is on air, I've got that mm-hmm. understanding of what a producer does, which is an amazing, crazy job. They've got so much <laughs> on their plate. But I think to be on the other side of the, you know, the studio, um, you have a good solid understanding if you know what the producer does and what they need from their talent. I hear you've reported up from the Brownlow Medal and grand final parades and more. Can you tell me a bit more about um, these experiences for you and what they're like going to these kinds of events? Yeah, sure. I did. um, I think all up I've reported at maybe 12 Brownlow Medal red carpets. So in the early years, it was kind of getting funny little um, audio grabs and comments from players, which was like (laughs) fun. It's never been about the fashion, Max. It was always Mm -hmm. about really the footballers and them having, you know, letting their hair down, aside from the teams that were in the grand final that week. Um, So always love that. But, look, I love the grand final parade so much. And Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you a funny little story. It was... um, what year was it? It must have been 2016 when Sydney were playing the Bulldogs in the grand final. Mm-hmm. And there used to be two two reporters from SCN, myself and another one, and we'd take a team each in the grand final parade. Yeah. And so we'd, we'd take a team each and then I'd sort of prepare, you know, so much around <laughs> the, the players that I was going to, going to talk to and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, not just asking the obvious questions, but finding, you know, other things for them to talk about. Interesting. How they felt in their experience. Like that. So, yeah. So I, so I remember going to speak to Lance Franklin and, um, oh. and that was really cool. Um, always love talking to Buddy. And um, I had the microphone, you know, going between me and up into the car. <laughs> and then the car started to go a bit quicker. And I, I'm sort of walking along quicker quicker <laughs> and getting the question and answers going. And then the car took off. And it was, I'm not sure if you remember, but I bet you've seen the footage of Kale Hooker running after Lance Franklin yep. at the MCG. And <laughs> Buddy was so quick, he left Kale Hooker in his wake. And it was kind of like Buddy was in a car and I was never going to keep up with this car. So I kind of knew when I had to ask the last question. But um, the grand final crowd's always so great because there's such a buzz with the crowds that are there and, the, you know, the supporters who are so excited about what's about to happen the next day. So it's such a Melbourne event and it was always a pleasure to be a part of it. Now, I know how passionate you are um, about women's um, sport and women in sport. What drives you and, I guess, fuels you every day? I love that question. Um, I think equality drives me every day. And there's been so many big strides forward in the last few years with women's yep. sport. And AFLW is one of those that we've seen that's been huge, the introduction and huge mm -hmm. success of AFLW. So um, I think, you know, the media as a whole has a lot more work to do with coverage of women's sport. But mm -hmm. um, I guess knowing that I do play a role in that, um, yeah. that keeps me very passionate and, yeah, gets me up and going every day to try and make an impact. Now, since 2019, you've been a part um, of the WNBL coverage. Can you elaborate on this and how you earn this role? Sure. So I've covered the WNBL for about 10 years um, at, at LEADER and mm -hmm. then I started a podcast um, which used to be on SEN which I loved. And um, it was always a dream to be part of the WNBL broadcast, which I watched for so many years on the ABC. And in 2017-18, that season, um, Fox Sports got the rights for the WNBL and mm -hmm. I was really keen to try and get involved. The following year, I did. Um, so I actually sent an email to the producer. It was during the season, so it might have been two or three rounds in. Um, I sent her an email on a Monday, just, I really just put it out there to her who I was and what I was about, the work that I'd done and uh, my passion and knowledge of the WNBL. And um, it was the Melbourne Derby that weekend between Melbourne Boomers and who were then Dan in mm -hmm. Rangers. And I said, look, I'm, I'm available on Saturday. Um, and, you know, if there's any role that I could play, I'd love to be involved. Yep. So um, she called me a couple of days later and I actually um, made my debut on the coverage that weekend, which was a dream come true. So I, for that season, um, I did a bit of a news report at halftime during the Victorian Games. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and then in the finals, I got to do some sideline reporting as well, which was awesome. So, um, yeah, it was a dream come true and I still feel very happy when I think about that. So how did you feel when I guess you were allowed to sort of be a part of the crew? So excited, Max. Like I still feel so excited when I think about it. Um, mm -hmm. And then the next year, season 
2019-20, I moved more into a sideline role, um, oh. which was great. So I still did a bit of news, but interviewed players after the games and did my first final series um, and loved that, loved working with the Fox Sports team. Um, they were a huge team, not just the on-air um, yeah. component, but our great producer, Denise, and all the crew were so wonderful to work with. Now, the NBL One show with you and your uh, co-host in the star himself, Peter Hawley. <laughs> How do you find being on TV and having your own show to sit down and talk basketball with Pete? Yeah, I'm loving it um, so much. I filled in for the NBL One show in the first season two years ago. So I know you had Cam Luke on your podcast yeah. recently. So yep. um, Cam used to host it with Liam Santamira. And I think you've had Liam yep. too. Have you yeah, I've, I've had Cam, Liam, Homicide. <laughs> It's a who's who of basketball. Um, So I filled in for them um, for two weeks uh, in 2019, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. So I hosted while they were away. And then I was meant to be doing the NBL One show last year. But, of course, um, we didn't have any basketball here in Victoria because of COVID. So um, when I found out about a month ago that I was going to be hosting with Pete, I was so excited. Um, I'd only really met Pete once, but... I love the work that he does. He's yeah. he's just terrific as a um, special comments um, guy on the NBL doing mm-hmm. sideline. He's um, work as an analyst. He's such a talent. And uh, I knew that. But then over the last couple of weeks, I've got to know that he's such a great guy. So we're having a lot of fun um, doing the NBL One show. What's it like to sort of speak to a guy who's had that NBL experience and won a championship with Melbourne United and things like that? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, he's going to be playing in NBL 1-2 um, yep. for Nutterwadding, so that's really exciting. Um, but I'm just so impressed with him. We see a lot of footballers move into commentary post-career, but I feel like we don't see as many basketballers, for example, like in the mm-hmm. NBL um, yep. or even WNBL. We don't see a lot move into the media. And Pete's yep. such a natural talent. Um, he's just He was just born to do it. So um, I, I find what he says really interesting. I really like how he interviews people as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really enjoying getting to know him more and um, we're only three weeks into the NBL one show so um, we're having a ton of fun but it's exciting to think we've got a you know many more months ahead of us so yeah really loving working with Pete. Of course I 1v1 sort of you sit down with the biggest stars in the country um, and that's obviously on SBS Sport and SBS On Demand. How did you get that show to all happen and come about? Yeah, so uh, in 2020, I was writing some articles just for the SBS Sport website about the WNBA. So SBS show the WNBA and the NBA live, which I think a lot of basketball fans don't know about because it's free and it's live (laughs) and it's in HD, which is really exciting. So, um, yeah, I did that through the middle stretch of last year. And then I was up in, um, in Townsville and Cairns for the WNBL hub in November. October, November, December last year. Um, And yeah, SBS got in touch with me and, um, and said, look, we're, we're, we're doing this show. Um, It's, it's one-on-one interviews and sharing the stories about um, Australian basketball identities. And we want you to host it. Um, It's, it's for 20 weeks. Uh, We're starting in January. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so, of course, it was a big yes. And um, 
I was really excited, but I think because I was in the hub at the time and I was really busy up there, I kind of didn't have too much time to think about it. So mm-hmm. I got back to Melbourne just before Christmas um, and uh, and it was announced just before Christmas. And then our first episode was the first week of January. Um, <laughs> and I think we've got three more weeks left. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been um, such an amazing experience. And I'm so glad that I've been able to work with, um, with SBS because it's led to a few other things and they're just such a wonderful sports team to work with. Now you've sat down with obviously, as I mentioned, the biggest and sort of huge stars um, in Australian basketball, including um, new draftee to the WNBA, Shyla Heal, um, CG43, Chris Golding, Josh Giddy, um, Alana Smith and Corey Homicide-Williams, um, who we've also had on the podcast, by the way. What's it like for you to sit down with these superstars and get to know them and their story and have a chat? Yeah, it's been lovely. Um, some of them I knew already and have, mm-hmm. um, have you know, covered parts of their career through my work. Um, and, and then others, you know, like you mentioned Josh Giddy, I haven't spoken to him before, but I really mm-hmm. love watching him in the NBL this season. Yeah. And he went to some NBL Cup games mm-hmm. here in Melbourne to Adelaide 36's games just to watch Josh play live. Yeah. So it's been awesome. Um, I really like... Um, getting the chance to speak to athletes and giving them the opportunity to open up about themselves and their stories and really give them that time and um, try and help them feel comfortable to do that. So this show's Mm -hmm. been perfect for that. And um, I think because of that environment we've sort of created, it's meant that they've felt comfortable to open up and Mm -hmm. we've got some really good stories out of it. Um, so obviously, um, like you are at the 17th episode now, that was Josh Giddy. So what's happening in these next three weeks for you and then sort of beyond that with SBS? Yeah, so we've got, um, we've got Tom Ma next week, who is mm-hmm. about to be inducted into the FIBA Hall of Fame. He's coached um, in six consecutive Olympics since 1996 coaching um, five different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got some great stories to tell um, from, from his coaching career. And then uh, we've got the greatest Australian basketballer ever, Lauren Jackson, coming up. Yep. And also Boomers coach Brian Gorgian. So wow. looking forward to talking to both of them. And I feel like it's a strong way to end, Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happens um, beyond this sort of 20 weeks sort of thing? With SBS? Yeah, um, look, there's been some great opportunities with SBS throughout this courtside one-on-one experience. So mm-hmm. um, we did a show um, weekly during the NBL Cup called NBL Hub Heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. So and a lot of my co-hosts on that weekly show have been on your podcast. Which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and then we did the final two two episodes of that live from John Kane Arena after NBL Cup games. So um, mm-hmm. Perth Wildcats won the cup and then uh, and then I was able to um, to do an interview on the court with Todd Blanchfield yeah. afterwards with the NBL Cup, which was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I got to go to Shiloh Hills Draft Day a few weeks ago. That was amazing to be there. Um, so, yeah, it's been really cool. Um, and, yeah, I think there'll be a few things coming up with SBS. And as I said, they've got the NBA, the WNBA and the NBL all on mm-hmm. SBS. Um, so it's it's really Australia's free-to-air home of basketball and I feel very lucky to be part of their team. Uh, if you could interview anyone in the world, who would it be? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, wow. 
I don't know if I can narrow it to one because I love my basketball, obviously, yeah. but I love cricket too. And um, top and real top five. Oh, top five. Okay. Um. All right. I'm gonna say you're at Coley. Yep. Um. Like a star. Yeah. Reckon Virat. Uh, I'm gonna go LeBron. Yep. Uh, Diana Taurasi. Mm-hmm. Um, who else am I going to go? I'll go Patty Mills. I've interviewed him before, but I love Patty. Yep. Um, who else am I going to put in there? And I'll go Sam Kerr. Yep. Um, so if you're not watching sport, what are you watching? Um, well, there's not a lot of time left if I'm not watching sport, Max, but I do love... <laughs> I do love bad reality TV, um, which I'm a little embarrassed to say. So, yeah, I watch Married at First Sight and all that kind of stuff, the Kardashians. Um, Look, it's a bit of fun and (laughs) when you watch that, you don't have to think too much. You can just Mm -hmm. kind of just be. But in saying that, I watch a lot of sports, so there's not much time other than that. (laughs) Where do you keep your tomato sauce, in the fridge or in the cupboard? (laughs) In the cupboard. Is that weird? No, I don't think so. Where do you keep yours? Oh, fridge or cupboard sometimes either. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Yeah. But I think most of everyone who we've asked so far in the last couple of episodes have said sort of in the um in the cupboard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think because it was always kept in the cupboard, you know, when I was a kid. So I mm-hmm. think then when I become an adult, I just do what I know. But then a lot of people have it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got any advice for me to get to the next level um, into and into sort of NBL TV and NBL and sports media and radio? Well, Max, I'm so impressed by what you're doing and who you are and the skill set you've already got. Um, and I think the advice I would give you or anyone is just to have that initiative, which you've already got in spades. So I mm-hmm. think that's such a great start um, and never lose that. But I know you've got school, but um, perhaps mm-hmm. during the school holidays, you might be able to come in and um, and hang with Pete and I on the NBL One show. We'd yep. love to have you in. All right. Thanks, Megan, for uh, coming on the podcast today and putting aside some of your time to come on and have a chat. It's been an honour. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Max. Um, I look forward to um, consuming the rest of your podcast series and, uh, and watching your very blossoming career. Thanks, Megan. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes and follow and subscribe to our channel on Instagram and YouTube. This episode was brought to you by The Missing Link.